Hi, everybody. I'm Jason Mangum. And I'm Mark Anderson. And this is another segment of World Impact News. Today, we're going to talk to you about the banks and what the banks are doing right now as it relates to the federal government and federal contractors as well. And so we are going to call this segment Banks Freezing Out Ice, or should we say the banks try to freeze out ice. So Something along those lines. Something Jason. along those lines today, because yeah. that's exactly what the banks are trying to do with these different ICE or federal contractors dealing with immigration and the illegal immigrants. And so uh, today, that's what we're bringing to you. Yeah, and it's emblematic and, and symptomatic of the larger problem right. with what the power banks have similar to social media, but we'll get to that a little later in this segment. What we've learned today is several Republican senators, led by Senator Marco Rubio, a Republican from Florida, are introducing legislation to go after big banks in the U.S. who strip services from federal contractors, like those denied services for working with Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, that agency of the federal government. That's what we mean by freezing out ICE. And this article goes on to say the proposed legislation entitled the Financial Defense of Industrial Contractors or FDIC Act, ironic, you'll see in a bit, would take on six big banks for their efforts in retaliating against federal contractors working with ICE. Yeah. And what this is, Jason, is there's every indication as of this point in time that this is specifically about banks having an ideology and exercising it by denying services to some entity. In this case, and there are other cases, right? but in this case, contractors working with ICE. And that directly affects immigration enforcement policy. So they're messing, not, they're not just messing with a, you know, sundry miscellaneous thing. They're actually messing with the implementation of policy. <clears throat> and here, let's name some names. Executives for Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, sometimes called J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, BNP, Paribas, Barclays, and SunTrust have said they will no longer provide depository services to federal contractors with ICE for no other reason than their opposition to national immigration law. These six banks alone control over $7 trillion in combined assets. Wow. And just like in the ma- in the mainstream media, mass media cartel in that world, there's five or six entities that control virtually all the news we read, see, and hear, with minor, smaller entities here and there. But this consolidation, this concentration of power exists in three main areas now. Finance, or banks, media, standard media, or social media, those three. Yeah. Wow. And that's a big chunk of our commerce, how we get information, and how we conduct our everyday affairs. And so this is a very interesting thing. And Senators Tom Cotton, for the record, a Republican from Arizona, and Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, and another one, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, are co-sponsoring this legislation, for the record. And it mainly looks at big banks with assets over $50 billion, which includes the ones I read off, and they would have their Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, there's the other FDIC, they would have that insurance removed if they refused to provide services to federal contractors, and of course the FDIC was born out of the Great Depression. 
to protect against bank runs and shield the banks from some of the money that would be taken out if there were bank runs. So that, in a nutshell, is what's going on. Your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I mean, this is quite uh, very, very dangerous. We understand that the banks have a lot of control, the banking cabal, yes, the they centralized do. bank. We understand that. But, and we could even go back, you could watch some of our other videos. We talk about, um, even like on Christianomics, we do talk about some of the different financial systems. Um, but where in 1913, Woodrow Wilson gave control of the Federal Reserve to the central banks. We all understand that. That all happened in Georgia on Jekyll Island. But imagine the banks basically are saying, because we don't like your laws, we don't like America, what you're doing and your laws and your legal system. If you do things against our beliefs, because we don't like your policy or your immigration policy, then guess what? Your money no good here, nor could you borrow money. You cannot do any banking business. You can't transfer money. You can't deposit money. And so that's essentially what they're doing is basically telling people because you have a philosophy or a belief system or involved in doing something that we are against, you cannot bank with us. And so I think it's very, very dangerous when you look at that. We see other areas, I mean, where people have had problems with their mortgages and even with their lenders. Excellent point. Because they were Christians or they, I mean, think about it. Think about a doctor, a doctor that says, I'm not going to perform abortion, but because the banks don't like your view and you won't do and uh, perform abortions, the bank says, we will not do business with you. And that's his, essentially what has happened. His or her entire doctor's practice could right. be, could be not just inconvenienced, but put into some sort of uh, in unstable situation or jeopardized right. financially, compromised financially. You make a great point. Where does it end? The, the slippery slope can get very slippery indeed. And so, right, anti-abortion doctors being demonetized or or, or denied banking services in, in that form of demonetization, um, you could have any number of things. The um, But the bottom line is that the the banking system should not have this kind of power. Mm -hmm. And what's what's critical here, and we got to get this out there while I'm thinking about it, is that here's the problem. Even Rubio and some of these other legislators say, well, the banks, yes, they should have some discretion who they uh, do business with. Uh, in a free market, they're implying the banks ought to have and should have, and in fact do have some discretion and should be able to call some shots. Here's the problem with that point of view. And here's why this legislation, while welcome, is probably not going far enough. The problem is that the banks, like the big social media companies, like the big media companies, the news companies, are monopolistic, quasi-monopolistic. The banks especially have a monopoly of credit. What that means is private banking, commercial banks that are part of the Central Bank Federal Reserve System, like you said, came into existence in uh, 1913, they have a monopoly of credit, meaning there's really no other place to go than that system to get money, whether you're an individual consumer, small business, large business, or the government. Now, the government is somewhat in a unique position in that it produces money with its name on it, the United States of America. 
However, the paper money is a pledge of debt to the Federal Reserve. That's why it says Federal Reserve note. The word note connotes that that dollar is born as debt to the Fed system. Now, the coins in our pockets and purses are a relatively small amount of the money supply, quite small. But believe it or not, the coins that are coined are actually more or less debt-free other than the cost of producing them. And they, ha they don't have as much silver and valuable metals in them like they did. In fact, no silver. That was phased out uh, right after 1963 in the United States quarter and other coins. But so minus that small amount of money in the form of coins, money is born as debt. And so not only can we only go to the private banking system for credit, but the very money we use is born as debt. That's why the claim by these legislators that, oh, well, we don't like what the banks are doing here, but they still have the right to discretion. I would give that discretion a very narrow pathway right? because they're a monopoly of credit and therefore they, they perform a service that's disallowed to other elements of the economy. If you and I tried to open a bank without jumping through the hoops, we'd be arrested tomorrow at 3.30. And so therein lies the problem. They've, they've been given an extreme amount of leeway to control commerce. It mentioned that figure, some seven trillion or more in assets. And because it's monopolistic, we can't let them just call the shots and decide that they're gonna crack down on this doctor's firm or that alternative media firm, or they're not gonna work with contractors with ICE, which can be smaller and medium-sized businesses, not just larger ones. Right. and thereby cl close down jobs, freeze out badly needed employment. They, I'm sorry, they cannot have that kind of discretionary power when they have a monopoly already. Exactly. And that, that's what I think readers and viewers need to communicate here and listeners on our podcast. Uh, we'll soon have a blog for readers. They need to communicate to their congressmen, if you agree, don't even give the banks the leeway they have because they have too much leeway already in controlling commerce. Exactly. And just like Mark said, it is a monopoly. They control it. You know, it's amazing to me because people don't even understand in 2008 when the whole mortgage things and the banks, oh, and yes. here we are bailing out banks, that the U.S. government would bail out banks. It wasn't the U.S. government bailing them out. It was the taxpayers. It was on the back of you, the taxpayer. And, and, that, so that, and that, credit line, that credit line extended to those banks to bail them out, ladies and gentlemen, goes on forward in time much farther than you'd like to think about. Think of uh, Rod Taylor in the time machine when he pushed the lever all the way forward. We're talking lines of credit and debt that is in perpetuity and goes ahead, ahead into the future far more than you'd like to think. So yes, we bailed them out already a little over 10 years ago. What is this all about? You know, uh, This is what they show in terms of appreciation for the body politic for whom they provide monopolistic services. Right. Just throw this in our face and tell us what our policies are going to be. I don't think so. Yeah, but that's what definitely this is, is some sort of power play from them trying to almost send a signal to the federal government of who you are and you know who we are and you need to back off. And it's almost like they're trying this, this almost this power move in the sense. Yes. But it's very discriminatory. I mean, they are discriminating against certain people. They're discriminating against certain uh, uh, companies. And so it's right. very, it's amazing to me is that the, 
the, you can see this uprising that comes against people who won't bake a certain cake because it's uh, same-sex marriage. And you have to bake that cake, but here you see a discrimination of the banks based upon what you're doing and because we don't believe that. And so there's a lot of different organizations. There's more organizations beyond just federal ones that are under attack here and under the scrutiny of the banks. But we can see it's, it's discrimination. That's exactly what it is. But it's also this power play that you see where the banks are trying to use and will their arm of power and influence to get, I mean, what is this the new lobby form of lobbying where you force people into a position of, of changing the laws and changing rules? I'm talking about federal laws based upon what the will of the bank is. And imagine the input banks have when people like former Senator Christopher Dodd of Connecticut, who used to be on the Senate Banking Committee, leaves and takes a posh job with a banking lobbying firm upon retirement. And that happens again and again and again. Yeah. And it's well known. I've been on Capitol Hill as a alternative reporter with credentials for covering Congress, and I'm going back there soon to renew those credentials. And it's well known there. It's common knowledge there that the banks help write the banking laws. Yeah. And former senators help them do it because those senators know the intricacies of the Senate exactly. and the legislative process. Well, here's the committee man you got to convince. Here's the committee you got to go through. Here's here's how the conduit works. Yeah. And so, you know, this, and the same with their staffers. Oh, absolutely. So th- this is really a undermining of our governmental system, and the monopoly of credit is in parallel with social media's monopoly on the social media spectrum or entities, that realm, and then the news media, and that monopoly. And there's so much similarities among them. A social media company can demonetize you on YouTube Mm -hmm. of your passive income for some arbitrary reason that's never fully made clear to you. And um, the news media uh, also plays a very pernicious role in reporting on uh, alternative media people or reporting on politicians they don't like and bad-mouthing them, and then the social media picks up on that and defames them, and then those maybe candidates for Congress or whomever they may be who are being lambasted or are being libeled, they'll find that they uh, are losing donations and losing funds, and their their websites on social media are being demonetized. And so... The banks also, leading up to what we're reading today and learning about, have also uh, denied online sales. Let's say a bookseller uses a Wells Fargo credit account to, to have online sales of books. Well, if Wells Fargo doesn't like those books, it's already established that that bookseller can no longer use Wells Fargo services to take credit card payments to sell books or literature or something like that. Now... That's anti-First Amendment and anti-commerce. And the thing is, is that America is all about allowing dissident views to be heard. Jason and I, critical of liberal internationalist Marxist views, have never said those views shouldn't be heard. We're simply saying they're wrong-headed and they run against common sense and long-held principles. Exactly. But we don't deny them their chance to be heard, but you can bet they'll try and deny us our chance to be heard. In, in some instances. In a New York minute, they will. Yeah, and so uh, whose views do you want to hear? 
And whose free market are we talking about here? Because the banks will scream, oh, this is a free market. Free for whom? Free to the benefit of whom? They want to determine what that market consists of so it benefits them. So their boat floats, but other boats, if they sink, well, that's just collateral damage. And it actually benefits the companies that they want to be prosperous. By default. By default. So they're, I mean, you're talking about a true monopoly there where they're controlling things, and, but they're actually in the scales or businesses now based upon what your belief systems are, what you support, who you maybe even fund or give to politically, and those different ideals. It, and so exactly. Very dangerous. If, if bookseller A is denied credit card services, that might give bookseller B, by default or design, more sales. Right. So the one they like make, it makes more. There's fewer choices in the marketplace. People are less informed. Uh, again, dissident opinions, controversial opinions, it's up to the consumer to decide what to buy, what to read, what to hear, what to watch. Right. And let the market, in that sense, the consumer-based driven market, right. make those decisions. But I think that with this today, I think we've gotten something important out there. The banks freeze out ice. Kind of an ironic title, ironic but true. And But what we're calling, to, uh, calling attention to, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is that there's more to the picture. And these legislators, uh, laudable though it may be what they're targeting, and they're probably doing the right thing, they're not looking far enough. And we can uh, all get together, and those that agree can communicate to Capitol Hill and make your voices known that we need to look further and deeper at what the banks are doing. And that, again, is Marco Rubio and Tom Cotton and Kevin Kramer and Marsha Blackburn. Those are the main ones. You can call Capitol Hill at 202-224-3121 or 202-225-3121. You'll get a response from an operator. You just ask for whichever senator or house member you want. And so in closing, my closing thoughts is this is a direct attack from the banking against law enforcement. And the thing about it that really is disturbing to me, Mark, is that these men and women in law enforcement and even the contractors that are involved are under siege. They're being attacked and they put their lives on the line for us. And it's amazing to me that the banks would then come in and try to actually affect our security, affect our protection, our safety within the community, within a particular county, within a state, and throughout this nation. And so that's very disturbing. And so we are thankful that you watch this. Please share it with others. Get a hold of your senator and congressman or congresswoman. And tell them, an important last point for me, tell them that one of the reasons the banks don't like immigration law is the remittances that legal and illegal uh, Mexican and other immigrants send back home to Mexico. Every time that happens, the banks get a cut. So... They got their hand into everything, don't they? Yes, they do. And they want to control and rule our lives. But we're not going to let them, Mark. And so, again, thanks for watching this segment of Banks Freeze Out Ice. We'll see you next time on World Impact News. Bye-bye. Convince people that this war is real. But the media... A history of the last 200 years. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. As told by the money trail. First, to prepare the United States for foreign war under the guise of American defense.
Who controls your money? Who controls your savings? You have been lied to. Time after time after time. Killing of Uncle Sam. Get your copy today. Visit KillingUncleSamBook.com. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, because they got the judges in their back pockets, and they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. The negative impact of population growth is becoming appallingly evident. What do you see as the biggest challenges in, in conservation? The growing human population. And to get to that goal, you have to monopolize the energy aspects of people around the planet. If you control those two aspects, the green revolution and the gene revolution, then you're able to control the entire planet, every resource on it, extinguish freedom for the rest of history. Available now. Go to killingtheplanetbook.com to get your copy today. 